Well, welcome. I'm going to read today from Matthew's Gospel. It's going to be a fairly long reading, so I hope you're sitting comfortably. I'm going to start at chapter 19 and at verse 25, and it's in the middle of a conversation, but we'll come back to that. When the disciples of Jesus heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages beginning with the last ones who were hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said and you have made them equal to us, who has borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the, if I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious? because I am generous. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Father, open the eyes of our heart and our minds to hear your word today. Amen. <clears throat> well, if you were sitting comfortably before we read that parable, I hope you're sitting a little more uncomfortably now. I've genuinely can't read this parable without feeling a little bit uncomfortable. There's so much that you just think, no, hang on a minute, why are you paying these guys the same? Some of them had worked for 12 hours with a break. The uh, landowner probably went out at six in the morning. 
and they would have finished at six at night and they've worked through the whole day they've been through the heat of the day and yet you've paid them the same as those that work just the hour there's something in you that thinks oh it's not right here but let's just have a look at the background <clears throat> what had happened just before this reading when the disciples came in and um, were greatly astonished and asked who can be saved is a rich young boy young man had come to Jesus and said how can I be saved and Jesus had said to him you know well obey this obey this da -da. and the boy says yes I've done all of that and Jesus says well give your money away to the poor and the boy goes I can't do that and he walked off and Jesus in this <coughs> in the account he feels a great sadness for this um, often called in the Bible rich young ruler and Jesus says to the disciples look it's really hard for the rich to be saved and they say well <laughs> who can be saved then and Jesus says well with man it's impossible but with God all things are possible and Jesus, Peter then comes in with well hang on a minute we've given up everything for you what are we going to get and Jesus comes in with well many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first and then he tells this parable and it's just worth noting really sometimes our chapters and verses actually hinder us a little bit from understanding what's going on because many of us would read to the end of chapter 19 <coughs> maybe finish our reading for the day then come back the following day and read chapter 20 and we'd think they're separate but they're joined by this phrase many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first so whenever you're reading the bible it's helpful to read around the passages that you're reading first it is a parable this is not a true story it's about the kingdom of god it's not about how to run a business now the story that Jesus tells will be incredibly familiar to the people that he's speaking to. In harvest time, farmers often needed to hire seasonal workers, so everything about this parable is familiar. Generally, they were paid daily and they worked from six in the morning till six in the evening with a break. And uh, they would go to the market square and wait for different farmers to come and hire them. Um, in many places in the world where Leslie and I have traveled to, we've seen this men standing around various car parks or market squares waiting to be hired for the day. And they were paid daily at the end of the day they'd receive their money and then they'd buy food for the day and the following day from the money that they'd earned. The other thing would, that would be familiar to the listeners is who people are in this story. So for the people listening, it was immediately apparent that the landowner was God. Because in the Old Testament, Israel is often talked about as a vineyard and God is the owner of the vineyard. So for the people listening to Jesus, they immediately knew the landowner is God, the vineyard is the people of God. Um, Jesus would later talk about, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And then he speaks of us, unless we are joined to the vine, we don't get the life of the kingdom coming through. So this is all very familiar. So at six o'clock in the morning, the landowner goes out and he hires some workers and agrees, 
I'm going to pay you a denarius for the day. Now that's a good daily wage. A Roman soldier was paid that every day. And uh, so they would have been pleased to have been hired and to have received that denarius. At nine o'clock, three hours later, landowner goes out again there's still some people standing around so he says come come and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right so he doesn't actually make an agreement with them he just says I'm going to pay you whatever's right then at 12 o'clock and three o'clock the, the landowner goes back and then two hours later five o'clock an hour before um, everyone shuts up shop he goes to the market square and there's still some people he says look come and work he doesn't even tell them how that he's going to pay them actually he doesn't agree with them he doesn't say what anything he's just come and work in my vineyard six o'clock comes and it's time to be paid and in this parable the landowner makes a very strategic decision he says to his overseer okay line everyone up all those that were hired last bring them to the front, we'll pay them first. Those that were hired at six this morning, we will pay them last. So actually, not only have they worked longest, they've now got to wait longest until they get their money. But you can imagine the sense of excitement, been in a line, out in the open, and uh, the surprise of that first guy as he gets paid. That's, it's a denarius. Hey, I've got denarius, a whole day's pay for one hour's work. Way, I'm off and uh, as it goes down the line you can imagine the excitement the expectation hey these those guys got a denarius what are we going to get we worked here all day and then the three o'clock guys get paid and and then the midday guys get paid and I, I just wonder if things are beginning to turn a little tense now they're still getting a denarius this is a bit un unusual the five o'clock guys now the 12 o'clock guys a denarius and then finally, those that were hired first come and get their denarius. Now at six o'clock in the morning, they were very, very happy with this. At six o'clock in the evening, they are now grumbling. Why have you made us equal to them? You, you've paid them the same as us. We've been here all day. And the landowner says, he actually says to them, um, he's talking to one of them who's called, sort of like the shop steward. steward. Go, well, hang on, we should be paid more. And Jesus uses a word friend, which is a little bit ironic. It's um, not friend, friend. It's like, hmm, friend. Yeah. Look, you agreed to work for a denarius. I am not being unfair. I am paying you what we agreed. And you were happy with that and then he says look why can't I be generous with my money now if I'm honest I think yeah well if you're gonna be generous to them why not be generous to this one too but that's where I struggle a little bit with this parable but then Jesus sort of really digs in a bit and he says this are you envious because I am generous? He says to those workers who were hired first, are you envious because I am generous? And that really hits me quite hard because at the end of the day, I sort of have to say, yes, 
I am a little bit envious. If I'm a, if I'm a six o'clock worker, I am a little bit disgruntled here. I'm not sure you should be paying them the same as me. I am envious because you are generous. The principle of the world is that in, in a world of daily pay is those that work the longest get paid more. And that seems just. But the kingdom of God, the principle of merit and ability is set aside so that God's grace and generosity may prevail. So what can we draw out um, from this parable and this reading today? We're just going to draw out um, four or five things. The first thing is these workers were waiting in the market square, waiting to be hired. They were chosen to work in the vineyard. And for those listening, God is the owner, the vineyard is Israel. They were chosen, chosen people. And we too are chosen people. 1 Peter 2.9 says we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Ephesians 1.11, in Christ you were chosen. If you are a Christian today, you have been handpicked by the creator of heaven and earth. You have been handpicked by the father of creation. You have been chosen by the glorious God to be in his kingdom. You haven't got there by your own merit. You, we haven't got there by our own works. We haven't got there by who we, who we were born to. We haven't got there by which country we were born in. Jesus looked before the creation of the world and he said, I'll have this one. I'll have this one. I'll have this one. And we were adopted into his family. We are the chosen people of God. And if you're listening and you're thinking, <clears throat> how do I know whether I'm chosen or not? This is one of the mysteries of God, is that if you cry out to him, say, God, reveal yourself to me. God, I need you. I may have a very comfortable life. I may be in tremendous difficulty. I may be trapped in addiction. I may have everything I need in life, but I'm hungry inside for something more. I'm hungry, hungry inside for being transformed. Then you can cry out to God, God, come and reveal yourself to me. And he will. We are chosen just as the workers were. But we are called to work. Ephesians 4.12 says, God has, God has put in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip us to do the works of service. We are called to work in the vineyard. In 1 Corinthians 12.11, it says that God has distributed among his people gifts to everyone just as he will. Gifts of generosity, gifts of hospitality, gifts of miracles, gifts of apostles, gifts of prophets. Everyone has received some gifts from God. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are called into the kingdom of God to work. Ephesians 4.16 says, From Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. I think one of the questions that many of us are asking in different ways is we've had, you know, 15, 16 months or so of basically isolation in our homes in terms of our Christianity. I'm asking, actually, it, it weren't so bad. Um, you know, listening on the telly, it weren't so bad. Getting up in my pyjamas, coffee on the sofa, prayer meetings, yep, just flick on the Zoom, be okay. And I think many of us ask the question, so what is the point of gathering together again? Why can't we just sit at home and receive? Why can't we just do our little um, groups together? Well, if you're part of Open Door, God has put us together in the body. And part of what we are meant to do is to build ourselves up in love as everyone does their part. And we are a body and we need to be connected. <clears throat> you see, for some chickens, if you cut their heads off, they will run around for a bit. But ultimately it will keel over and die because it's lost its head. And we, one of the things of gathering together, it's where we connect together. And you may be an arm, you may be an eye, you may be an ear, you may be a leg in the body of Christ. But there needs to be the place where you are joined to the body. And that is one of the points of gathering together. It's so that together we can worship in the same place. We can hear the word of God together in the same place. We can tell our stories of what God is doing in the same place. And as lockdown begins to unfold, as we're able to meet in larger and larger numbers, it's gonna be more important that we do gather together so that we as a body build each other up. Yes, we've got some adjustment adjustments to make. We certainly want to make more room for people um, sharing their stories of what God is doing in their life. We want to hear, you know, it does, my, does me so good, so good to hear different people praying around the building, um, you know, particularly on a Sunday morning, but also in our prayer meetings. And the point of gathering together is partly because we are a body and there does need to be a place where we are connected and grow together. I've spoken to people that have been imprisoned for their faith and they would say they have known tremendous grace from God to survive isolation, punishment, separation from their Bible, separation from any type of fellowship. And they've known a grace from God. And the church in the West certainly has known a grace from God to keep going through this pandemic. But one of the things that they all say is, but when we got out, to be with the body again was something phenomenal. Yes, I knew grace when I was isolated, 
but to be in the body. And we need to be aware, because God has given us grace to go through this separation and isolation. But that grace will diminish as the months go on. And we need to regather and rekindle the sense of being the bigger body of open door that we are. We are called to work. We are called to be children of God. Thirdly, this vineyard owner keeps on looking. He goes out at six, he goes out at nine, he goes out at 12, he goes out at three, and he goes out at five at the last hour. God is still looking for people to bring in to his kingdom. 2 Peter 3, 9 says this, the Lord is not slow, but patient, not wanting anyone to perish. I don't know about you, I've got friends, I've got family, you may have work colleagues, that you are, you're thinking they need to be saved. Come, let's pray. Let's ask God, God, go again. It may be the, it may be the last hour, but God, please save this one, save this one, save this one. Add this one into your kingdom. Keep pursuing God because this landowner came out again and again and again. And God hold, holds his hand out to the world in which we live and says, come to me. The great mystery, come to me, but I've chosen you. The rewards of God are all out of his generosity. Merit, ability, family history, culture, do not count. We are all equal. And this upset these workers. They said, you've made us equal to them who worked the last hour. And Jesus says, are you envious because I am generous? And you know, sometimes I am a little bit envious because of God's generosity to some people. What I have to learn is to capture the heart of God's generosity in me so that it flows out of me. So I look at people in the world and think, God wants to be generous. He wants to, he wants to deliver you from your, your addictions. He wants to set you free. Yes, you've got everything that you need, but he loves you and he wants to draw you into his kingdom. They're so gifted, but we are equal because many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. If you feel you're the last, you're the least, this is great news. If you feel you're the first and the best, you need more of God's grace because many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. We are chosen by the unmerited favour of God. He's called us to work together as a body to reach the world in which we live and to build one another up. We have a God who is now patiently waiting till all have come to the knowledge of God.
we are grateful that merit ability doesn't count only the generosity of our wonderful father amen